0: Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Having the Right Mindset to Build, in the sermon series, Lifting Our Community. We're glad you're here. Praise the worship to lift up your name. We pray now for strength, hope, peace, joy. We pray that your love will fill this place. For every person who has, who has gathered here, God, we pray that you would strengthen their lives, their families, their jobs, wherever they're going through, whatever they're enduring. I pray, God, for this next moment that they can concentrate on your word and find hope and peace in the word of God on today. And we'll forever give your name the glory, the praise, and the honor. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4, starting at verse number 6. Or your device, amen, iPad, iPhone, because if you have anything else, we praying for you, amen, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 6, if you're able to stand, please, please stand for reverence to the word of God, Nehemiah chapter 4 and 6, on last week, we celebrated 111 years and it was also our commitment Sunday uh, as we're trying to build a family life center right here on the south side of Madison. And and, um, and I want you all to know uh, this is a heavy lift that's going to require all of our engagement. Amen. Um, that's for all of our members and the visitors who are in the congregation <laughs> also. Uh, but we want you all to be Uh, So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to preach from the sermon series entitled, um, Lifting Our Community. Lifting Our Community. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind. To work. Now, it happened when Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed. They became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into the mist and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families, with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders And the rest of the people Do not be afraid of them Remember the Lord Great and awesome And fight for your brethren Your sons, your daughters Your wives And your houses Verse number 6 says For the people Had a mind to work I just want to preach from the topic today Having the right mindset For building Having the right mindset for building our church is one of the oldest organizations in the city of madison not just churches but organizations we are one of the oldest and i wonder as a small group of preachers from chicago and milwaukee gathered to organize mount zion as a mission church did they ever imagine what mount zion would be today Could they see Mount Zion as becoming the largest African predominantly African-American church in the city, a place where Bishop Desmond Tutu would visit? Would they have known that Mount Zion would have one of two African-American exhibits in the Wisconsin Historical Museum? Could they have imagined that Mount Zion would become the hub of hope for the residents of the city of Madison, especially those who live on the South Side? I wonder as the early church worship above a harness shop at 118 East Washington Avenue, could they imagine that we would be in this building today? The University of Wisconsin was expanding and asked Mount Zion to move. Pastor Dawson was intentional about placing the church in the heart of the community. He selected this current location and in 1960 he asked, 11 deacons of the church to give $1,000. Some of those contributions, as Deacon Harris stated, came in metal crayon box, shoe boxes, stuffed in socks, small grocery and shopping bags, and none of the contribution came in checks nor money orders. Each contributor brought straight cash. They were able to give because... They had the right mindset for building. Church continued to expand because of its growth. And in 2004, without even having a pastor in the house, they built this wonderful sanctuary. And in the middle of a pandemic, we were able to burn the mortgage and declare, as of today, Mount Zion is debt free. We were able to build and pay off mortgages because the people had the right mindset for building. And after building this building, the church was focused on not just providing a space for our members to enjoy, but building a community space for any and everyone in our neighborhood. This family life center that we're planning to build has been a vision of this church for almost 20 years. And I just believe that the DNA of Mount Zion is builders. For I am convinced that the church can never stop building. When our kids are unable to read uh, on the proper reading level or behave properly in classrooms, when the word family no longer has value in our community. When kids are robbing and stealing cars with no care of the consequences, we cannot stop building. When people constantly call the church for money, for housing, when seniors need a location for gathering and social interaction, when college kids are struggling to find peace, we, the church, cannot stop building. When homelessness continues to rise, when the stigma of mental health continues to hinder depressed people from seeking doctors, when veterans are looking for hope, we cannot stop building. When single parents are looking for help and when the lost are looking for salvation, the church should never stop building. A few years ago, I watched Brother Andy change a pot for a plant in the foyer. I wonder what was he doing and he told me that the plant had outgrown the pot and it needed a bigger pot to hold the plant. There was nothing wrong with the plant but it was being restricted by the pot. I wish I had a witness here. The plant was causing the pot to tip over because the pot couldn't handle the growth of the plant. What, 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 what use... To hold the plant is now too small and restricting the plant. And God is telling us today that the pot isn't big enough. I wish I had a witness here. The pot isn't big enough because God is, has grown us beyond what's in the past. In order for us to reach our desired goal of living our core values and lifting our community, all of the people must have the right mindset to build. In our story today, the children of Israel have been in captivity in Babylon. Their temple had been destroyed, their possessions have been taken, and their customs snatched and forced to live according to the laws of their captors. Ezra, the priest, returns home first and they rebuild the temple. However, some 50 to 60 years later, Nehemiah, a high official in the Persian courts, was the cupbearer to the king. Which means he was assigned to taste in wine or any drink before the king would drink. And if Nehemiah lived, then it was fine for the king to drink from the cup. One day, Nehemiah pleased with the king. To allow him to go home and rebuild the wall. And as he journeyed home to rebuild the wall, Nehemiah faced some great opposition. But the Bible says we rebuilt the wall for the people had a mind to work. There was opposition. There were deterrence. There was obstacles. But the wall was still rebuilt not because of their physical stature, not because of their possession, not because of anything they were able to do on their own, but it was because of their mental ability to depend on God to provide the resources for this building. And if we're going to accomplish anything of great value and substance, all of the people must have a mind to work. For when you have a mind to work, it suggests that you're committed you're determined you're devoted to the work of the Lord you see the value of your work you understand that there is great need for your work and today I just want all us to know in order for this building project to come to pass all hands must be involved because the most more hands we have the heavier the, the, the load would be eliminated from us we will be able to carry the load If all of us are, have our hand on the Lord. So the question today just might be, why should I have a mind to work? Why should I have a mind to work? This sermon is for visitors and members. Amen. All of us are part of this building today. Amen. So why should I have a mind to work? Number one, God's promise from the past provides blessings in the present. Let me say that again. God's promise from the past provides blessings in the present. Nehemiah hears about the ruins of the wall and the first thing he does is he prays. Yeah, yeah, prayer must always be the leading force for anything we try to do. That's why, before we ever get out of our beds and leave our bedrooms, uh, it should start with prayer. I wish I had a witness that, th- that that's why before we leave our homes, we need to ensure we've talked to God. That, that's why before we commit to drawing vision boards and cutting out pictures from magazines, we should commit ourselves. To prayer because prayer always works. <clears throat> Nehemiah, in Nehemiah, chapter one. He prayed. He says, "Remember." I pray the word that you commanded your servant, Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling place for my name. Nehemiah proves to us that in prayer, we must use God's words to get his attention to meet our needs. Nehemiah shows us how to pray God's words from the past in order to get our blessings in the present. I wish I had a witness here. This model is often used by our children. Uh, We promise something in the past. They remind us what we said in order to get what they need in that moment. I'm going to say that one more time. This this is a model our children use. When we tell them that we're going to do something in the past, they remind us of what we said in the past in order to get what they need in that moment. My children, they always say, Daddy, you said, I wish I had a witness, you you, you said. And and with this building project, I'm going to remind God daily, God, you said that you'll give we. We give, you'll give it back to us. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. God, you said uh, if I delight myself in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. God, you said that you give life to the dead and cause those things which are not to exist as if they did. God, you said this, this project. Must be saturated with the past promises of God in order to receive the blessings of today. And I have enough crazy faith to believe God's word and to trust in Him that He's going to give us all of the funding we need before we ever go in the building. I wish I had a witness because of past promises. God, you said that that you'll make us the head and not the tail. You said we shall be above and not beneath you said if we heed your commandments and do your will you'll give us what we need if we abide in you and you abide in us we can ask what we will and what we loose down here on earth you will loose also in heaven <laughs> nehemiah returns home <clears throat> and he is devoted to rebuilding the wall the wall represents the strength of of the city and the lack of fortified walls around the city left the people defenseless against enemies, wild animals, and other opponents that could enter the city and cause great harm and great trouble to the people of God. The rebuilding of Jerusalem's wall would would show God's blessing upon the people and show those who are around them that God was still with the children of Israel. The wall represents the external components of the church. The wall tells us that we cannot be fortified in the city. I wish I had a witness, which means we cannot be comfortable just coming to worship in this sanctuary, getting in our cars, driving to our homes uh, while the community around us is dying. Let me say that one more time. We we, we cannot be just satisfied driving into the church, driving to the church, coming in the building, worship in the building, get back in our vehicles, go back to our homes uh, and not be concerned about, about the community that surrounds the church because we cannot be a healthy church in a sick community. Let me say that one more time. We cannot be a healthy church in a sick community because the state of the church is based upon the well-being of the community. And us building the Family Life Center allows us to continue to strengthen families on a greater level. But in order for the vision to come to pass, the people must have the right mindset to build. have this right mindset because God promised from the past provides blessings in the present but then we are building on the past and preparing for the future let me say that one more time we are building on the past and preparing for the future Judah tells Nehemiah that the strength of the workers they they are failing and there is too much rubbish that is preventing them from building People are tired. They've been working on the wall, sun up, sun down, and now their bodies are fatigued. I'm here to testify just because you are working for the Lord. It does not mean you have been exempt from exhaustion. You have not been granted some form of super strength to keep on going. Doing God's work will make you tired. But I'm glad Paul tells us, but don't be weary in well-doing yeah yeah, yes because if you reap if you will you shall reap what you have sown if you faint not we can only imagine what the people are enduring as they are building they had to remove mounds of rubbish from the old destruction they had to build with the constant reminder of the past They had to build with evidence of their previous chastisement. These people proved to us that building will come with some mess that the opposition will not provide. We cannot look at the past as an enemy, but we look at the past as the foundation for something greater in the future. We're not throwing the past out. We're building on top of it. We're not getting rid of things, but we're building on top of it. We must build with God on our mind. When we're working for God, rubbish does not matter. Broken pieces does not matter because you know God has the ability to take what's broken and use it as something that'll give you life. Book of Acts, Paul is on the ship, and the, the ship is wrecked, and the people that can swim, they swim to shore. But those who were unable to swim, they were just making it on broken pieces. Is there anybody that could testify that I, I may not have it all together? I may not have everything right. As a matter of fact, I'm just floating on some broken pieces. I, I I didn't get it all together. I didn't check all the blocks, I didn't cross all the T's, nor did I dot all the I's, but Thanks be to God, I'm still here because I've made it on some broken pieces. Tired. They're tired from building. The rumors of threatening surprise attack added to the discouragement caused by the natural hardships. External pressures amplify the internal weaknesses. Yes, we build with fatigue. And tiredness, yes, we build when we're weak, but weakness for the Christian should not be a discouraging sign because Paul says, when I am weak... That's when I'm strong because in my weakness I've learned to depend on God that when I don't have it when I don't have the intellectual ability when I can't think about it when I can't plan my way out of it when I don't have the resources when I want to throw up my hands that's when God says you have more than enough <clears throat> Bible said they were tired they heard the threats then it says then they we set our prayers to our god I wish I had a witness here that, 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 that understand that when you can't make it on your own, when you don't have enough to make it through, you better learn how to fall on your knees and said, it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. I'm standing in the need of a breakthrough. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your anointing. People have the right mindset, the right, and you have to have the right mindset to build when God's promise from the past provides blessings in the present, We're building on the past and we're preparing for the future. But finally, I'm, I'm finished. You must remember the Lord and build with a purpose. Remember the Lord and build with a purpose. After hearing of the external issues and dealing with the internal mess, Nehemiah brings all the people together by their families. And the first thing he tells them, don't be afraid. All right. Uh, uh, I do uh, a podcast with CT and she has this great mind of thinking about things. And and, and she will probably ask me a question. I wonder how did the people feel when they heard these words from Nehemiah? don't be afraid. Now, I told you Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He was not a military strategist. Y'all not feeling me in this place. He he did not have any type of military training. He was a cupbearer and a cupbearer. The only thing the cupbearer did was stand by the king, sip some of the king drink. If he don't die, Only the cupberry was, was a sacrifice that would take what would try to take the king out. And if he lived, that mean the king was all right. He was not a military strategist. He was not a warrior. He, he was not a fighter. All he knew was how to take a drink. And Nehemiah is standing in front of all the people and telling them, don't be afraid. Y'all not feeling me in this place. He, He was not trained of how to do formations. He was not trained in military weaponry. He was not trained. He didn't go through basic training or boot camp. He didn't have to go through any job training. He had never been to war himself. He had never endured any type of fighting. But all he says, don't be afraid. Can I help you all today? When you're limited in your ability to do things on your own, you better learn how to depend on God. I wish I had a witness here. When you don't know how you're going to do things, uh, you better say, okay, i take my hand off it and I'm putting it on God because God, I know you're able even when I'm not. Nehemiah says, yeah, I feel like preaching now. I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm just feeling my help. Amen. He, he says, remember God. He says it this way. Don't be afraid. Remember God. Okay. Don't be afraid. Remember God. He does not say create a vision about your God. But he says, remember your God. He does not say dream about something you wish your God was able to do, but he says, remember your God. He, he does not say, uh, uh, have a fantasy about how great your God is, but he says, remember your God, which would suggest that God had done something in the past in order for them to remember in the present that caused them to expect the same God to do something in the future. Y'all not feeling me in this place. He says, remember your God. We to say remember how he brought you out. Yes, Lord. Remember how he made waves out of no way. Re- remember how your family was down, but he lifted you up. Re- re- Remember how he brought you through the Red Sea. Uh, remember how he took care of Joshua and, and left them to cross over the Jordan River. Remember how they walked around the walls and all of a sudden the walls came tumbling down. Remember how he fed you in the wilderness with manna from heaven. Remember how he gave you everything that you need. Uh, and can I bring that to somebody today? You may be going through something. You may may be in doing a hardship right now i don't want you to make up something about god i just need you to remember what he did for you and the old christian will say when i think about the goodness of jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah is there anybody in the house huh, you can just remember what he did for you. Uh, Remember how he brought you through school. Uh, Remember how he saved you. Remember how he healed you. Remember how he delivered you. And when you remember what he did back then, you can trust him to do something in the future. Mount Zion, we were not there. But we need to remember where we came from. We need to remember how we was a storefront. I wish I had a witness. We need to remember how we moved over to this church. And as God continued to expand from Fisher Street all the way to Baird Street, we need to remember how God has made ways, how people have given to us, and God has blessed us because we were willing to bless others. We need to remember our God. We we, we don't need to make anything up. We don't need to envision anything. We just have to remember what God has done. When you remember, it'll help you eliminate fear and get to work. Nehemiah takes the men and put their, I'm finished. He takes the men, put their families behind them and tell them, keep building the wall. He takes the men, puts their families behind them, put some men behind the wall. And Nehemiah becomes strategic in what he was doing. He had a plan for building. Y'all not feeling me in this place. He, he, he said, We're going to rebuild the wall, but not only are we going to rebuild the wall, we're going to protect the wall while we're building. <laughs> And and, and while they were building, he he, he told those men to put spears and swords in one hand and put construction tools in the other hand. Y'all not feeling me in this place. He said, get a sword to be ready to fight. I wish I had a witness because you all will be scattered. But when you hear me blow the horn, I want you to come running. So put a weapon in one hand. Yes, Lord. And, and, and put a construction tool in the other hand. And I want you to work. And while you're working, you better be ready to fight. But I got to give you a purpose to fight and a purpose to work. I want you to look at your daughters, look at your sons, look at your wives, look at your mothers. I wish I had a witness here. When they, they said, while you are working, I want you to see why you're working. Let, let, let me say that one more time. He said, like, I want you to see that while you're working, I want to see, let you see why you're working. And Mount Zion, we must build with a purpose. When we constantly have people still driving hundreds of miles, uh, dressed in up-armored gear to go kill people just because of the color of their skin, we have a purpose to build. I wish I had a witness here when Trouble continue to rise when our kids are still needing help. In school, we have a purpose to build. When marriages are breaking, when when kids are growing up without their parents, we have a purpose to build. We must remember why we're building. Look at your children. Look at your wives and your husbands and your mothers and fathers. Look at your family. And Nehemiah said, we're building because of them. Because we're not building for right now. We're building for what's in the future. Mount Zion, if we don't prepare right now for what's to come, we will not be prepared and we'll be like so many other churches great names doors closed because we had not adjusted to what was to come I'm finished and this off building but it's more so off building up the church many strategists suggest that churches have peaks and valleys but you should not prepare for the next peak when you're going down we should be preparing for the next peak while we're still up I'm, I'm praying now because I believe we've become laxed and we've become satisfied with our success And if we're not looking around the corner, we'll be a great name with a closed door. God is calling us to build buildings, but we also need to build ourselves. And we must practice our faith and love the God who loved us. We work because he worked for us on a hill called Catherine. He didn't stop working. They lied on him, took him from court hall to court hall, but he kept on working. They spit on him, they beat him, they mocked him, they slapped him, they plucked out his beard, but he kept on working. Put a cross on his back, made him walk up a hill called Galgotha to to the top of the hill, laid the cross on the ground, nailed his hands and, and his feet to the cross, but he didn't stop working. He hung on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour just for us to have freedom and eternity and died on that cross, but he didn't stop working. He was in the grave, but Peter says that while he was in the grave, he went down to hell and took back the keys of life and preached a revival. He did not stop working. And early one Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands for your sins and my sins for my salvation and your salvation for my peace and your peace. He did not stop working, but because he said, I have to go, but I'm going to leave you a comforter. That our God is working for us. That our Christ is working for us. Because of that, We all must have a mind to work. God has been good to us. He's blessed us with more than we could ever imagine. And where we are today is only by the grace of God that through two years of pandemic activities, we can testify we're blessed. But we don't need to be trying momentum to get up the hill because it's going to push us down the hill. But we need to be looking forward now, not just for building a new building. How do we build our ministries? How do we get more volunteers? How do we get more people involved in the work of the church? How do we be more strategic in our work? How do we focus more on God and focus more on prayer? How do we disciple each other? And when you leave here, no one can tell you to watch a YouTube video that'll change your faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.